Sometimes distance can be uh, an obstacle, can be a problem uh, for us. As I thought about that, there are some, some spiritual thoughts that came into my mind about this, this matter of distance. So just sort of bear with me. Once I get to the point, it, it won't take long for us to, to uh, wrap our minds around it. Um, I, I w- I've been thinking just, you know, how big our world is. And uh, it, it's just, you know, phenomenal to me that, you know, uh, one of our young Matt Gerber is on, on the other side of the world, literally, you know, it, it, it takes the better part of uh, 24 hours just to get from here to there um, and, and things like that. And our world is just, we're just one planet in, planet in a solar system that's, that's one solar system in a galaxy, one galaxy in a universe. Uh, it is incredible uh, what God has created. Uh, in just our little solar system, I'm going to give you a science lesson, bore you to tears, and then we'll get into the Bible here in a moment. Um, scientists tell us that if we were going to travel to the sun, you say, how are you going to do that? We'll go at night, okay? Um, but uh, if we were to travel to the sun, the sun is so far away, it would take us 3,536 years to get there. Think about that. That's a long way. Our universe, the vastness of our universe, and I have no idea how how scientists measure it. They must have an amazing tape measure. I I don't know what they use. Um, But they say that our universe is 7 trillion miles in diameter from one end to the other. And they say that it it is expanding. And I I can't get into all the rates of that. It's beyond uh, my education to be able to do that. Um, They're telling us that if we were to try to travel from where we are on planet earth to the outer edge of the universe, it would take us one quadrillion years. I have no, no idea how many zeros that is after the number of one, but uh, all I can think is this, take extra socks and lots of snacks. It's going to be a long ride. Can you imagine taking your kids on that? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Um, just absolutely amazing. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. None of this happened by accident. There was no big bang. There was a God who created everything. He spoke the universe and all that is therein into existence. That is what the Bible says. You say, well, that takes an awful lot of faith. No, it takes more faith to believe that once upon a time there was nothing and it blew up and became everything. That takes a lot of faith. We have this amazing God. Now, I want you to think for a moment. God created the the heaven and the earth, which means that God lives outside of this universe as we understand it. That puts him seven trillion miles away, physically speaking. Yet the Bible says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Would you just wrap your mind around that for a moment? A very present help in trouble. Psalm 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto all them them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. The word nigh means near. 
The Lord is nigh unto all them. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. David said in Psalm 119, 151, Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. The truth is I could spend the rest of my allotted time this morning going from scripture to scripture to talk about the nearness of God. Uh, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. You'll never be anywhere in any circumstance that God's hand cannot reach you. My hand cannot even reach the front row. My hand cannot even reach Brother Adam unless I move closer to him. But, but God right now says his hand is not shortened that it cannot save. He can reach you where you are, whatever you're going through. What an amazing God we serve. In our minds, we see heaven as a far-off place. And in physical terms, I guess that would be right. But I would like to submit to you today this truth. Heaven is a lot closer than we think. Heaven is a lot closer than we think. Let me just share a couple thoughts on that. Do you realize that heaven is just a prayer away? That's how close it is. Heaven is just a prayer away. A few months after Trina went to heaven, it was a Tuesday night, and uh, Rob and Anna uh, and, the, and the children had gone somewhere, so I was home alone. Tuesday night was Savers night. If you knew Trina, you know what that meant. Savers was a used clothing slash junk shop uh, you know, up behind the, the Meriden Mall. And uh, the Tuesday night, Trina went because on Tuesday night, uh, people over the age of 55 got a 25% discount. She didn't even pay full price at used clothing stores. And I don't know how she did this. She had coupons for savers. And that was where she always went on Tuesday night. Uh, and, and she just loved being there. She didn't like me going with her until she got sick because she said that I put pressure on her to hurry up. I never said a word. She says, I know, you just make me feel that way. It must have just been like, what, do we have to be here? I would even go to another part of the store, but in her mind, he goes, I know what he's doing. He's, he's waiting to get out of here. Well, I, I looked at the clock and it was starting to get late. It was, it was 8.30 and then I looked, it was 8.45 and it was dark outside and Trina wasn't home and I picked up my phone and I, I still had her number on speed dial and I pushed the button to call her to find out if everything was okay, when she was gonna be home. And before it could even ring, I don't know if it would have or not, I just turned my phone, I, I, I hung up and I thought, T-Mobile doesn't go that far. And I cried a little bit, and then I laughed a little bit at how stupid I was picking up my phone. Uh, I've talked to my children. Maybe some of you have done this with loved ones that have uh, gone before you. Uh, and, and most everybody has picked up the phone just absentmindedly. Let me call them in. Oh, no, I, I can't do that. It's too far away. My phone service doesn't reach there, but my prayers do. The Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. 
Heaven is just a prayer away. I do not know how God does it. Um, I, I doubt if, if he explained it to me that I could even comprehend it with my finite knowledge. But any time of the day or night when I pray, whether it's a prayer out loud, whether I'm in my car and I'm crying from the depths of my being where nobody else can hear me, or whether it's just silent as I'm maybe uh, in the office or maybe I'm at the gym or something like that and I'm just praying and it's just my, 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 my heart going up to God, God somehow hears every word that, that comes out of my heart, my mind, my lips. God is near unto us when we pray. Would you just understand what a great and mighty God it is that God hears us. Heaven is just a prayer away. There's no phone company. I don't care what they advertise. I don't care what package they're giving away. Their phone service isn't going to reach that far, but God does. In Acts chapter 27, we read about Paul and his entourage. He is a prisoner on a, on a ship headed for Rome. That ship entered a storm, and the Bible says that uh, for many, many days and night, they didn't see the sun, the moon, and the stars. They, they threw everything out of that ship that would, would cause it maybe to bog down. They're taking on water and so forth. The Bible says when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. I can't honestly say that I've ever been in a situation where I had absolutely no hope of anything. Hope is the confident expectation of good. Like many of you, I've been through some hard times. I've been through some trials, but I don't know if I've quite been there. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, meaning they hadn't eaten, they were fasting, whether from seasickness or, or from faith, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. I like Paul. He just didn't miss that opportunity to say, I told you so, because he did warn them about that. He said, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. And remember, they're all praying. It, it may, be, may have been days or weeks even since they have touched food. Much of their food went, was tossed out, uh, tossed overboard into the raging seas. They're praying. He said, there won't be any loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve. He's talking about the Lord Jesus. The angel of God is an Old Testament reference to, to the Lord himself. And uh, uh, Paul didn't worship any angels, Gabriel, Michael, or anybody like that. He said, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be, uh, be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe that it shall be even as it was told me. All hope that they should be saved was gone, but there was still God. And from that ship, with all the howling winds and the lashing rain and the tossing to and fro, with the fear that had to have been rising from the heart of every person on board, every man thinking that it's time to, to, to get things straight with my creator, not all of them were saved. Not all of them believed in the one true God, but I'm sure they were all crying out to something uh, or another. By the way, their gods were false gods. Their gods could not hear because they were not real. But Paul served the one living and true 
through God. And somehow through all of the noise and the uproar of that storm, his prayer made it all the way to the throne room of heaven. And God himself came to, to stand there and say, it's going to be fine, Paul. You don't have anything to be afraid of. If nothing else, I'm right here with you, but nobody's going to die. You're going to be saved. The ship is lost, but ships can be replaced. You're going to be fine. And Paul said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Heaven, dear friend, is just a prayer away. I don't know what storm you are in, but I want you to understand God hears your prayer. He is a very present help. When I first got sick, I was in a hospital in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. The doctors had told Trina to call the family. I had pneumonia, and I wasn't responding to the medication or the treatments at all. And they said, call the family. He's, he's not going to make it more than another day or so. And, um, of course, the Lord was gracious and uh, spared my life. I remember the day uh, after uh, over a week uh, in intensive care, they moved me into a regular room. I would have another five or six days in that hospital before we could make the trip home. Uh, a, a person, a lady came into my room and uh, she was delivering mail. I didn't realize this in intensive care, especially where I was in, in complete isolation. I wasn't allowed to have anything from the outside. I wasn't allowed to get mail or anything like that. Um, and I got a stack of mail that was about this high. That's not an exaggeration. It was about this high. Uh, many of you had sent cards uh, to that hospital. There were people that I still have never met to this day, and that was 2006 uh, when that happened. But I remember I was alone in the room that Monday morning, and I got this stack of cards. And I was, I was rather amazed, and I just started opening them. And card after card after card, not all of them, but easily 90% of the cards that I received that morning either had printed in the card or the one who sent it had written in that card the verse, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And I was humbled and I was helped so much from the awareness that God's not seven trillion miles away. He's right here. Heaven is just a prayer way. And God's just waiting for you to pray and you don't need a phone. You don't even have to be on your knees. He just sees you where you are. You can be sitting here right now and maybe you're, you're in a situation and you don't see any hope. Lift up your voice, God hears. The Bible says that let us come boldly under the throne of grace that we may find mercy to help in the time of need. Heaven is just a prayer away. Heaven is just a breath away. Heaven is just a breath away. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8, he said, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Heaven is just a breath away. Several times in my life in ministry, I stood at the bedside of a saint who was getting ready to make that trip. And one moment, they're there. Sometimes, most of the time, they looked like they were sleeping. And they're just breathing. Sometimes it's labored. Sometimes it's raspy or rattling. And then all of a sudden, they take a big breath. And they're gone. It's a surreal moment. I was there the day Trina took the trip. But as believers, we have a hope that this world does not understand. And that is the hope that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. In that one single breath, she left the sick room 
opened her eyes to streets of gold and gates of pearl. She left her husband saying, can you just open your eyes one more time? I love you. I'd just like to see you one more time. Have you seen me? She left that to the voice of angels singing and seeing the throne of God, whether singing holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. She closed her eyes on a world full of turmoil and war and strife and worry and problems and doctors and all those kind of things. And she opened her eyes and there she saw the Savior with outstretched arms, with those nail-pierced hands saying, my daughter, you're home, you're home. Uh, when she passed away, her mother, uh, her mother said to me, she's where she belongs. She's where she was always meant to be. Glory to God for that. By the way, uh, Trina didn't go to heaven because she was a good lady, though I believe she was. She didn't go to heaven because she was a Baptist, though she was. She didn't go to heaven because she was a pastor's wife, and I believe she was a good one. She went to heaven for one reason and one reason only, because of Jesus Christ. Period. Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for the sins of every person in the world. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. On my very best day, on your very best day, you were never good enough to go to heaven by your own merits. Because no matter how good we try to be, we have sin on our account. And we can't take the biggest, the best eraser and try to get rid of it. We can't blot it out with whiteout. The only thing that can wash away our sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sin. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus, who had no sin to pay for, paid for the sins of all of us. And that's all we have to pay for. We have no way to do it on our own except to be separated from almighty God in a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. But God's love for us was so incredible. He said, I, I don't want anybody to suffer that fate. I'll let my son die on the cross in your place. He's a sacrifice. He's a substitute. And his blood... I will accept his payment for your sin. And now salvation becomes the gift of God. The Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A gift is that which someone else has paid for and now offers it to you free of charge. If you have to do something to get it, it wasn't a gift, it was a, pay, it was a, it was a payment. Um, it, that's not how salvation works. You don't go to church to get to heaven. You don't get baptized to get to heaven. You don't even turn over a new leaf. You understand that as Jesus died on the cross, on each side of him was a criminal. The Bible says they were thieves. They were guilty of sedition, possibly murderers. And as the, as the crucifixion began and they're all dying on that cross and the crowd's mocking, especially Jesus in the middle cross, the Bible says that those two thieves, they were mocking him as well. They're dying. They're, they're in agony. They can barely speak, but they're looking over at him saying, if you're really God and you're really the Savior, save us. Come down from the cross. Take us away from this. And, and they're treating him like he's a liar, like he's an enemy. But time went on and there's the Savior on that cross suffering. What he didn't have to suffer, but he did willingly for us. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. And so forth, the seven sayings on the cross. And as he hung there and the hours went by, six in total, one of those thieves saw something different about the man in the middle. While they, they cursed him and while they mocked him, all he said was forgive them. Forgive them. They know not what they do. 
Towards the end of those six hours before those three men would die, the soldiers would come to the other two and take an iron bar and they would break their legs so they could no longer push themselves up for air and they would die within moments. Before they got to Jesus, he had already passed away. In the few moments before death, this thief over here starts making fun of him again. Yeah, some savior you are. If you're really the Christ, you'd have saved us. And this man over here, I don't know where he found the strength. I don't know where he found the, the, the air to speak. He said, leave this man alone. You and I deserve to be here. He's never done anything amiss. We deserve our suffering. He looked at Jesus. He said, Lord. Somehow he figured out who he was. This was just no ordinary man. This was God who became flesh. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Wasn't a fancy prayer, but it came from the heart. Broken and a contrite heart, the Bible says, thou wilt not despise. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And he cried out, and one of the final things that the Savior said before he would give up the ghost, somehow he looked over at that man and said, today, today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now think of this. The thief on the cross didn't have time to get down and go get baptized. He didn't have time to go out and make amends to all the people that he hurt and harmed and robbed and all of that. He didn't have time to do that. There was no turning over a new leaf and going out to prove that he's worthy of this. He didn't get time to join a church and go teach a Sunday school class or sing in the choir. He had moments before eternity was his reality. But Jesus promised him, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Heaven is just a breath away just a breath away. I know we're all anticipating a long life. We're all anticipating like the rich man in the parable the Savior told of many years uh, to come, but we have no idea. We say we believe that, that our lives are even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. We say we believe it, but we don't live like it, do we? I'm going to get saved someday. I'm going to get right with God someday. I'm going to get serious about God someday. I'm going to serve God someday. I'm going to pray someday. I'm going to go tell my neighbors about Jesus someday. I'm going to invite my coworkers to come to church with me someday. Your life is but a vapor. You're one breath away from heaven. And by the way, so are they. So are they. Heaven's that close. I'm so glad that God bridged the gap between heaven and me that he sent his son to die on the cross so that I could be with him for all eternity. Do you have that assurance? Do you have that hope? If not, what are you waiting on? Well, maybe tomorrow I'll get saved. You don't have tomorrow, you have today. Someday, I will, well, you don't have someday, you have today. Do you see with me that our world is spinning out of control? And I think the brake pedal is broken. I don't know that it's going to slow down. As I read the Bible, it isn't going to happen. Time's running out fast today. Heaven's a breath away. Heaven's a prayer away. I have more to the outline, but time is not going to be there. This morning, if you're saved and you're in that trial, you're in that storm, I want you to understand he's not a God a long way off. He's a very present help. And all you have to do, whisper the prayer, cry the prayer, speak the prayer. 
think the prayer, he hears. And he's such a God that can bridge that gap. If he can hear from that far off, he can help too. How many have seen God answer prayers for you? That's our God. Every hand that's up right now or that just went up, remember that the next time the storm comes, he's just a prayer away. To everyone in this room, saved or lost, heaven's a breath away. If we're saved, let's live like it. Let's live like it. Let's be a witness for Christ. Let's be good to each other. Amen? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You realize we're going to be in heaven forever together. We might as well learn how to get along now, or some of you are going to have a rough time in heaven. Forever is a very long time. I realize when we get there, we won't be like this anymore. I'm really glad about that. In heaven, I'm going to have two legs. I'm hoping they're really tall legs. And I'm hoping you all get short ones. I got some getting even to do. In heaven, no doctors, no lawyers, no hospitals, no policemen, no jails, no suffering, no sorrow, no tears. And it's a breath away. Live like it. If you're not saved today, heaven is a breath away. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to be biblical. That's a, that's a fact. The Bible says today, if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts. Don't say no to God. Say yes. Can we bow our heads for prayer? How many can?